Hello and welcome to Under the Skin from Luminary. This week I spoke with Daniel Pinchbeck. Daniel Pinchbeck is an American author. His books include Breaking Open the Head, a Psychedelic Journey into the Heart of Contemporary Shamanism and Notes from the Edge Times. Through his research, he's developed the hypothesis that shamanic and mystical views of reality have validity and that the modern world had forfeited an understanding of intuitive aspects of being in its pursuit of rational materialism. Did you write that? I am. I amended it because it was quite complex, but no, not completely. It's quite a nice bit of writing. Yeah, it was. Now, Under the Skin is on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review there. It helps us and we'll read them out. Will we? What, on the podcast? Yeah, the, they have to pay to hear the reviews out. <laughs> if you want to hear a review read out, <laughs> cough up. <laughs> Two pound. Yeah, it's, it's worth it though. If you'd like to listen to the rest of this podcast and all of my weekly Under the Skin podcasts, all you have to do is subscribe to Luminary on Apple Podcasts or download the Luminary app. It's really that simple. So you should do it now. Do it now with the phone in your hand. In this part, we talk about the idea of a post-work society. Fantastic. A representation of a political vision where actually people's lives will change instead of the managerial technocratic bullshit that all of us are tired of. This neoliberalist, no options, empty, hollowed out democracy crap. So stay with us and listen. Trying to achieve equality with the annihilation of category is not no, a successful that's, route. Yes, that's, that's, that's exactly right. We're in this era where it turns out we were never the boss. It doesn't look like an ideology. What's beneath the surface of people we admire, of the ideas that define our time, the history we are told? And welcome to Russell Brand Under the Skin. You know, it's interesting because so many potentially contradictory ideas have to be simultaneously held like uh, autonomous individual freedom, the rights of the individual, the necessity of the collective suspicion around globalism, but the potential that sort of some kind of centralised global force could be a positive rather than a negative thing. And each time there's one of these divisive issues gets flung up, Trump or Brexit or, you know, coronavirus, that we sort of partition along pre-existing cultural lines rather than investigating in the possibility that there could be beneath these somewhat arbitrary tribal divisions the opportunity for new unifying ideas and, and that would bloody well come from the stuff that seems to fascinate you and me the potential that there is something within us that, that prevented that we are prevented from seeing by one of those William James veils ever present. You know, just sometimes you know I know you've got lots to us to say. I can see it, mate. But like um, like sometimes when I do these guided meditations, like um, I feel that what I'm like I find myself saying like you're already there. Like I feel myself beginning to appreciate stuff that's always present in like you know spirituality, but sometimes feels a bit gnostic or vague and like where they go you're already the enlightenment is there it's happening now you're already in it but you just have to allow it and I, i'm starting to feel these things unfold in myself anyway i see you've got a lot to say daniel hit me with it man oh no no i was appreciating i was i was enjoying <laughs> that that riff um well i, I was just I mean, I'm, I'm a little excited right now i mean I, this book inventing the future got me excited i mentioned it before but okay they, they propose that um for the uh left to kind of, uh, you know, win some victory, you know, in a way. Uh, it, has to, it has to organize a counter-hegemonic project uh, that has to have a pretty simple goal, you know, in the way that Trump talked about, you know, build the wall or drain the swamp. Uh, uh, what they propose is the organizing around the idea of a post-work uh, society. Mm. And uh, so that would, you know, be something Fully like... Fully automated you know, luxury communism. What's that? Fully automated exactly. luxury yeah, communism. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But I think, I think this, this idea is a really powerful one. Because, uh, yeah, we know that, uh, you know, although the ecological crisis is, is changing some of the you know, dynamics, 
you know, we, we have enough food to feed everybody. You know, we, we have enough resources to take care of everybody. I mean, we could just start uh-huh. from that. Like what, what if people, and, and if people don't, you know, so the only reason that we're in this, you know, clusterfuck mm-hmm. is because it serves the interest of the powerful. Cool. Right. Cool. I mean, cool. um, you know, if, if, uh, if people have to slave away at like subhuman wages, that allows Jeff Bezos to, you know, make another billion dollars an hour or something like that, you know? So, so, you know, if you have, and if people had a, a basic, you know, income, if they didn't have to work to survive, then um, the whole price of work would change because, because mm-hmm. labor that, you know, like taking care of autistic kids or, you know, working in a hospice, like, you know, people who do that work should get paid, you know, very, very well. Um, you know, and that would be the case if everybody had a basic uh, income. I that's think, cool, you know? Daniel. That's cool because, like, if you think about it, all this like stuff that's in the on the ether in the news about like new like union movements and strikes and people walking out of jobs. That's sort of like that's present. That's pushing through. Then, like, even ideas which I feel I don't know. I feel they're too sort of bloody mainstream or they're too you know universal, universal basic income. Like that sort of idea is sort of like being presented now. But so. If you to present, because I like with Trump's ones, they're all kind of like drain the swamp. Ah, oh, three words. Build a wall. Cool. They're like, you know, there's people that's just on the left, which is still where I consider myself to be. Like are so reluctant to sort of go, that dude communicated well. They're so busy with the demonization, the vilification, the, the sort of focus on the many evident and obvious flaws the guy had like to, with, to not acknowledge firstly you're yielding and ceding all of this territory because of your own hollow shallow empty ideologies and secondly he's funny yeah. <laughs> there's just two things you've got to address yeah. instantly um so like um you know thinking about that i like we saying about like no more no more work because who does really want to work oh me i'm a workaholic <laughs> me i i like it but then i'm a vocational uh dharma guy you know well yeah so so basically when you bring up the idea you know I, i've been talking about it recently and, and a lot of people are like you know work is what makes life meaningful um you know and i understand that i understand there's like you know we come from like the protestant work ethic like a lot of people that you know believe in you know so so you know I think that um, it would, you know, this is what they talk about in the book, Inheriting, Investing, Inventing the Future. It would take a little ideological, it's almost like it needs a marketing campaign for people to relax, but like, okay, like, um, it's okay. You know, if somebody's just wants to hang out with their kids for a while or, you know, hang out with their 86 year old mother, like that's, that's their choice. Like society kind of handle that. You know, they're, they're not going to have, you know, money to eat at like a fancy restaurant maybe or whatever, but, you know, let, let's let them do that. But I, I think what would happen, and this is actually, they've done a UBI study recently in Stockdale, California. They just gave people $500 a month, you know, which not very much, but they found that over like a year or two, you know, they were actually working, they, they got better jobs because they didn't feel so desperate and their mental health problems dissolved, you know, so actually they became far more productive and together members of society. It's just this constant nagging anxiety and insecurity that that that's hovering over under under most people's lives is, is actually very debilitating so i think if you took that away it's not that people wouldn't want to work or or, or uh, contribute they would actually suddenly be able to work or contribute in valuable ways because the fact is that most of the work that people are, are doing is work that shouldn't get done yeah and the that we need to get done are not getting done yeah you know, well, like we we need we need for instance to to, to take away industrial farms and turn them into permaculture, regenerative yeah. farms that are much smaller scale and require much more 
you know, kind of a particular labor, you know, that, that people have to relearn, you know, we need to insulate all the cities so that we're not wasting so much energy, you know, we need to have like rooftop gardens so food doesn't have to travel like thousands and thousands of miles, you know, so, so you know, we, we need to liberate people from shit work so they can actually do the real work that would allow us to have a future together, you know. Yes, yes, yes. And like one of the um, uh, clear epiphanies available that granted by the pandemic was 80 to 90% of all work can immediately stop and it doesn't yeah. make any fucking difference because it's unnecessary uh, self-sustaining loops of needless yeah. consumption. Yeah, that's that's cool. All right, there's a lot to think about there. If you're enjoying this conversation, join me over at Luminary on Apple Podcasts for the rest of our discussion and for all the latest episodes of Under the Skin from Luminary. Thank you. <laughs>